Welcome to this episode of Saintly Witnesses, where I talk to the Catholic behind the account. Today I'm speaking with Justin Farr, who's going to come on and share his uh, Catholic or his conversion to the Catholic Church from Protestantism and share some information about um, his website, theblackcatholic.com, and talk a little bit about his um, vocation as a seminarian for the Diocese of um, Nashville. So thank you for coming on and uh you know, talking about this information today. Uh, no problem. It's my pleasure to come on again. Thank you for the opportunity uh, to come on and to uh, just give a just uh, give a little bit of information about myself and to ex- explain uh, my my apostolate and to just kind of give another what just be able to kind of spread another testimony of a black Catholic out there. Yeah, that's all that what you said is one hundred percent good, man. So yeah, definitely. And so um, I mean, I've been following uh justin for a long time on social media ever since i got on and um, i've always been uh, greatly blessed by the content and information that he releases and i think last year he posted something that was really um you know compelling for me as a as a black catholic and uh basically he posted a, a photo of uh saint martin de pores but it was like a, a modern day depiction of saint martin yeah the poor so it was like a kid that I could see on the street in my neighborhood yeah. growing up and I just always thought that was like a, a real cool picture of, of like yeah we can picture you know people that I went to school with or people in my neighborhood or you know anybody who I know that look like me we got an opportunity to get into heaven and to be with the communion of saints and so um yeah that was always a powerful image that I saw in the, like the last six months that he posted and I, I tend to think back on that image all the time like um just just how important his ministry is. So definitely thank you for giving me that um, that inspiration that is um, powerful. So let's get started with the um, the conversation. You're a convert from Protestantism. Talk a little bit about your faith journey. Like how was it growing up? I mean, talk about your faith. How was it growing up, middle life, and how that led you to uh, convert to Catholicism? Yeah, like uh, so like it's, it's a bit of a long story, but I'll try to give like a, like a, like a little bit of a shortened version of it. Uh, was, but as far as my, my faith life growing up, uh, I, I received, I mean, I was just thinking about it just a couple of days ago, how, like, how I really didn't receive any, like, like too much faith formation, too much, uh, too much of a religious upbringing, because up until about age eight or nine, like, that, like we didn't go to church, uh, like there's no real mention of God in the house beside maybe like cultural type of things um, uh, in cultural sayings like God don't like ugly or something like that. Like just like little like maybe little things like that here. Now, but God, but we didn't pray before meals. We didn't do any type of thing of religion. So I didn't have a, a, a religious upbringing for a good part of the early part of the childhood. And I don't and I don't remember ever thinking about God or like Jesus or anything up with that because I just simply never heard of that. But it was up until 2003 um, when I was eight, nine years old. And my my mom started taking us just randomly to, in my mind then to a Baptist church. And we, again, we, we had not had any practice of going to church on Sundays beforehand uh with me growing up and so this was kind of a new thing for me um and 
and it was a Baptist church. And we went there for about like two or three years. But within this year, within this time of going, I was baptized. And I remember that baptism vividly. And this is where my, my, my relationship with God, my faith life really began, even though going to church didn't last all that long. And what, and what sparked this kind of uh, faith life that, I, that, that began at this moment was um, what, I've, what I've described like it, it as a conversion type of experience. Because as a kid, I mean, I mean, I wasn't like a bad or terrible kid by any means, but of course, like you do a little bit of kind of crazy stuff as a kid sometimes, like stupid things. Um, and and one of the things I, I remember I remember doing as a kid was I remember like stealing money out of like uh, donation jars and stuff like a couple times. Um, and because again, as a kid, you just saw money that was there. Oh, oh money you can buy things with it, get whatever you want with it. But it was just doing things like that, bad things here and there, really at one Sunday, after one Sunday kind of got to me. And after like a, in the middle of a sermon that was, I don't remember the content of the sermon, but it had something to do with repentance and turning away from doing bad things. And I understood that as a kid of turning away and doing bad, turning away from doing bad things as I was doing occasionally. And I remember like this one Sunday, like crying and going forth to the altar and um, like, and, and just kind of like uh, go and like, uh, like hugging the pastor and just obviously I'm sorry for my sins and everything. And, and, and that right there kind of kicked off the moment of where I was, I began to be aware of the presence of God and the presence of living a good moral life so that I can, again, be with God and go to heaven and to like uh, pray to God and to have my prayers answered. Um, and so, again, this is like I said, this is around 2003, we went to the church about a, 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 like maybe a year, two years, maybe three, a little bit. And then we stopped going to church and we fell out the habit of going to church on Sundays and probably uh, like maybe there was some things my mom saw going on in the back and that my mom and my aunt saw in the background that they didn't necessarily like. And so they stopped, we just stopped going to church on Sundays, but the faith and this belief in God always remained with me. And so for this early part, all the way up into like um, high school, I gradually de developed this sense of this sense of faith that I had and I, and I developed this, this, this faith I had got more mature and more um, like more developed over time, especially after um, the year 2006, when we, when, when me and my brothers were able to get a computer in the house and I was able to discover, use the internet to discover more things about the Christian faith. And one of the things that led me into a deeper kind of exploration of my, my Christian, of, of this Christian faith that I had was an encounter with internet atheism. Um, and in 2006 was, was the time of was when the new atheism movement really started kicking off. And so because of this type of intellectual def, 
attack against the faith. Like, and I begin to wonder, okay, do we have a response for this? Do we have a response? Do like, can I believe in God? Can I believe in uh, the resurrection of Jesus, uh, and, and so on and so forth? And and, and that be an intelligent belief, and, and it's something rational. And so that got me that question, the, the, in the series of question, questions that that sparked, got me into um, looking deeper, got me into looking into like answering that type of question, and be, and answering that question, I came into uh, what's known as Christian apologetics, but in uh, Christian apologetics is providing a defense of the Christian faith. And, but it was more from a Protestant lens, looking at their videos on YouTube and uh, in their websites as well um, about the Christian faith and defending like what is Orthodox Christian belief. So like from a Protestant lens, I learned about like, like the different, like Lutheranism and uh, Presbyterianism and so, uh, Episcopalianism and different religion, different Christian denominations, including the Baptist, which I received like uh, this early introduction to the faith with. And so, but I also at the same time discovered like Catholicism as well. And so then I began to ask myself the question, okay, there's these different churches and I know one day I got to go back to church, but there's these different denominations and people choose to be in these different denominations. Which denomination should I join and be a part of when I go back to church? And so, of course, I was thinking about, well, what if I go back to being a Baptist again? And so, and these various various questions. But but it, it was it was when I asked this question, then that's what began my launch to what eventually will lead me into the Catholic Church, and the kind of streamline how I like that that journey from that point on, and this was late high school, um, when I was like, like 16, 17 years old, I began to, uh, okay, like, come up with a set of, like, things I would, I would, I began to look for in a church. Um, and, and it came down to three things, but eventually, but there was a fourth one that came later after I, I was already Catholic. There's three things eventually. One, it was the testimony of history. I'm a history guy. I like history. I've always loved history. And so history always had a very important thing, to, held of an importance to me. And there's this, like, a, this common type of um, assertion that, yeah, Christianity is 2,000 years old. And if Christianity is 2,000 years old, then I, I then that, that, that history is, is important there because I need to align myself with, I guess, historical Christianity and to do and believe the things historical Christians have been doing. And so at first, like I, I came, I, I looked at it through the Protestant lens. Christianity is 2,000 years old, but Protestantism only takes me half, half the way back. There's still a whole previous 1,500 years pre-Protestant Reformation to go. What were Christians doing and believing then? And so then I began to hear claims about how the Catholic Church was 2,000 years old and so on. And so um, then I began to investigate in history and see, okay, what were, like the question that popped in my mind, what were the earliest Christians doing and believing? And over time, I saw many different things that the early church was doing and discovering people like the church fathers that, 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 
things that they said and believed looked a lot like Catholics, looked a lot, looked, looked a lot like Catholicism. So I began to look at Catholicism, which I had no prejudices against. And plus, I always saw the Pope as a, as a type of leader of Christians. Um, and, and, I, and I always saw Catholics were Christians as well. So I had no prejudice against Catholicism going into it. And so eventually I began to look at Catholicism exclusively. And then once I did that, I started to go to mass at my, my senior year of high school uh, um, um, in, uh, in September, 2011, attended my first mass. And I just kept coming back, coming back and coming back and really began to be sold on Catholicism and sold on the idea of becoming Catholic. And so, and so then I, but of course I I couldn't make it official yet because again, I had no way of kind of getting to RCIA on my own. That had to wait to a college in which I was close enough to a Catholic church to bike to so I can take the classes and to become Catholic. But like, and so uh, I spent 2011 and 12, just, just kind of living the Catholic life, but without actually being Catholic yet, I was kind of an unofficial Catholic. Um, and so then in, in 2000, and then going into my, going into my, my sophomore year, actually, so after freshman year of college, and, and then the summer of 2013, going into my sophomore year, then I, was, I came into the Catholic Church formally through confirmation, uh, June 26, 2013. And, and, and so, yeah, I, and, and so it's been about like seven years being Catholic, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, like 2013, 2020. We're going to move on to the next part about um, how, discerning your vocation to the priesthood. Um, so how did you end up discerning uh, to become a priest for the Diocese of um, Nashville? So how it ended up happening was that I always kind of tended to uh, split up my, my vocation story between kind of an unofficial moment and, a, and an official moment of discernment. And by moment, I really mean like a series of, a series, like a period of my life instead of one kind of particular uh, moment. And so like, I think like this call, this, this call to priesthood, this like uh, this road to my, uh, of my vocation story has roots even before I became Catholic. And and some of those roots, let us go off the list of some of those things. Is that one, especially when uh, I was investigating different, like like the going in deeper into the faith, like in, in that mid in that middle school to high school period I talked about, uh, looking at Christian apologetics and 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 looking at different churches. Uh, I've always been interested in theology and and explaining and defending the faith and. I'd always had a desire to be someone who was like whatever I, I ended up doing. Oh, I wanted to somehow fit into the picture of being someone who is theologically trained on a formal level so that I could explain and defend the faith like uh, William Lane Craig did and like Robbie Zacharias did. And so like that and 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 so I can help defend the faith and, and help make more people Christian so that they and come to know Jesus so they can so they ultimately so their souls can be saved and they can come into the knowledge of Jesus 
um, and, and, and defend the faith against those, against those viewpoints that challenge the faith. So that's one factor that was there before I was Catholic. Another factor was like, there was some desire, I mean, connected to that, there was some desire to become a minister in some way, like a minister so I can preach, so I can preach and defend the faith and, and, to, and to explain the faith to others. And, 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 and that's how it would be, a, and that's how it would become theologically trained is by becoming a minister. Uh, another thing was, um, as I was looking more intently at the Catholic Church, I began to under, I began to see like different Catholic things and different and, like priests and bishops and stuff. And like whenever I saw and I and I knew both Catholics and, and some non-Catholics or like able to wear like the ministers able to wear like what I got on, what I got on right now, like like clerics and stuff and, and cassocks and all that good stuff right there. And I and I oh and I was always attracted and drawn towards clerical clothing. I've always I always wanted to wear it, but some of like priests and bishops and like clerical stuff always seemed cool to me. It always fascinated. So I always wanted to wear it, um, and so that was one thing right there. And it was, again, before I was Catholic, uh, and then another another thing was, um, um, people all when I, whenever I would give a presentation on something, even in school. And so I went to a public school, so it's not like we're preaching religion. So what about like a presentation on something that has nothing to do with religion? People, like other kids will say to me, like after it was done, like you seem like a pastor. You seem like, like when, when I, for somebody, I gave off the impression of being a pastor when I was just giving like a history presentation or something. I don't know how, but, but, but again, like that, that I, got, I got, they got that impression that I, I came off like in a in a positive way, it's like you seem like a pastor, ministry up there, um, and so that kept them my so that and and so maybe like um, they saw something in me that like uh, that like I didn't see it quite clearly, and so all these things I've talked about now in my pre-Catholic days of unofficial kind, I can't say that was all the way explicit like desire for the Catholic priesthood, maybe in. In some small way, maybe it was, but on a whole, it was something more implied. It was a lot of things lived like popcorn in a trail or something like that. And but then when I when I got to college and stuff, um, like I used to joke with myself because again, I'm like because the one because I never went out with that girl I was crushing on and stuff like that. We were only friends, uh, and so it took me a while to get a girlfriend. And so I would always joke and joke to myself like, man. It's like find a girlfriend. It's kind of tough, man. It's not happening for me. Maybe I should pack it up, become a priest, man. Is it? Maybe it was a rat for me, man. I just kind of joked to myself about that. But, but like, but of course, there was there was always this joke in my mind. I eventually did get a girlfriend. I eventually did get in a relationship. Um, but then when that relationship ended, and I had already become Catholic, so I came Catholic when I was thirteen, got in that relationship later that year as well. And that relationship lasted up to 2015. And when that relationship ended, I began to, I, I, I realized that, man, I was immature in that relationship. Um, I, I, think I, I think I need to finish kind of growing up. And it was my senior, it was my senior year of college as well. So I was going to graduate, get a job, like get some money. Um, and um, like, again, get a car and stuff like that. And then so I can, so I can have my game up and everything when I want to when I want to ask the next next girl out. Have my game ready, then I can then I can have something to to go off of. 
But but eventually I began to think about the notion of vocation as a Catholic. The notion of and like the, that God could be calling me, anybody, to any of the vocations that are out there. Like he'd be calling me to marriage, priesthood, religious life, or even consecrated single life. Like he could be calling you to anything. And you have to be open to that. And you can't just assume marriage. Like, even though most people are ultimately called to the natural vocation of marriage, like, you still got to be open to, like, the, the call that God may be calling you to, to, to be something different, to be something, uh, to, be, to imitate him more closely through a life of celibate chastity as a religious or as a priest in the Western Rite, at least. And then, then I began to, then once I opened myself up to, okay, this notion of vocation, then I opened myself up to all the different vocations that were out there. And, and so I began to like, then I began to look at the priesthood in particular. I spent two years after college from 2016 to 2018, thinking about the priesthood and looking at a lot of vocation materials, looking at countless videos and praying so much about whether or not God may be called me to go to seminary or be called me to be a priest. And, and, and ultimately, it was something that this, in, like, is, is, it's always difficult to explain because words can never quite grasp it. But, but ultimately, I realized over the course of two years of, of researching and, and praying and thinking about it, that it was something, it was a, the priesthood and seminary was something that didn't go, wouldn't go away would not go away and only got deeper, only got stronger, only got more intense, more serious. Uh, and, I, and I just kept realizing all these attractions that I was pulling me, that was pulling me towards serving the church on an exclusive level. On, like I was only doing that. Like, and because and, at the same time, over the course of two years, I was teaching catechism. I was serving at the church a lot, volunteering. And, and so even, even as I had a job, I began to realize how I want to do, I want to live for the church, on an, like, and that's what I wanted to do. And so eventually, over the course of two years, I even got to know all the seminaries and everything. And I almost signed up at one point, but then the, our bishop died, and so that had to go on hold. But then we got a new bishop and stuff, and then we got a vocation director, and so eventually, and like when I, I remember calling the vocation director, and he was kind of ready for me too. He's like, "Yeah, like you ready, Justin? All right, man, let's let's do it." And, like, and so that was 2018, like, and I, and I, and I, and ultimately, uh, early 2018. So ultimately, I began. I, I even I began to like, even I, I even quit my job that I was working so I can focus on just serving the church and so I, and 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 going into seminary later in the fall of 2018. And so that's how I got to seminary. And so like this call and this, 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 like this uh, desire to see what, like if this is God's will for me continues to only be like to get, to get deeper and, and, and my desire to see more and more what God's will is and, and to serve the church and, and, the, and like, uh, and, and what could be the best way for me to do so, and that's to be a priest and to participate in the salvation of souls, and to be a, like a, like a, a lightning rod for God in the world that desperately needs.
definitely a lot of great information about this discernment process on how you became a priest. So let's go to explore your apostolate. Um, yeah. You created the website, uh, theblackcatholic.com. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, um, how you came up with that site, and what are some of your hopes and like some of the things you hope to get across with this website? Uh, so like the black, like, so the black Catholic apostolate uh, was something that I've been, I thought over the course, like, some, like a couple of years. And there was always something that came up as an idea and even kept on coming up in prayer. And, and that's not like, and so eventually I just like, I decided, yeah, I think I, I got to make this. And so I started with uh, being on Facebook and being on Twitter, was it like, at like the black Catholic and for a year I, I was active on that before I got my before I set up the website and launched it officially in uh, in, in 2018 um, and so the black catholic so black catholic what it is is just really my expression of being my expression of my testimony and also combining that with just general information about black Catholicism and the history of black Catholics and Catholics, black Catholic saints and, and stuff. And, and like, it was just a, uh, a way to express being a Roman right Catholic, uh, being a, like, but as an African American. And, and I did the, and, and my tagline is uh, like Catholicism through a colored lens. So just kind of give, a perspective of Catholicism through the through the lens of a black through a black man, and and so what I what I offer on that site is what I said before, but but what I also celebrate is not only African American Catholics, but I also in black I also include um, like anybody like that's of African descent. So like we have like 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 uh, people of African descent and like the like the Caribbean. That's what like a uh, for instance, not, and and from there they get in Haiti, they gave us a venerable a venerable Pierre Toussaint, uh, for instance, and also celebrate like African saints like uh, Saint Josephine Bakita, and uh, Saint Moses the Black, and so also celebrate those work, and they're they're under the category of black as well, and and what I and, and what's my hope for is just to give a visible testimony of Black Catholicism. Hopefully, a, like a positive, uh, intelligent, coherent presentation of a black Catholic to the church and those even those outside of the church, but especially to other black people. First, to black black Catholics inside the church, like because like there's three million of us, but we're still a very small minority within the church, and so like. Uh, a lot of people, I don't, I, again, I, like, it took me a while before I saw, like, I think another black Catholic, maybe, and, and it'll be the case where I'll be in mass, and I'll be, like, probably the only black, the only African-American there, and it's, like, maybe even the only black face there, period, and that, that can easily be the case, and, and, and it's even, the, and it's been, a, like, the case now, like, uh, like, the past seminary, how I'm the only African-American in the whole seminary here, 200-something guys, now, I think that might be one guy who may be mixed or something like that. I don't know, but but although the black faces like they're African, and we got one Bohemian guy here, I kick it with, but but again, I'm the only African American here, and so like and and that experience reflects what what was what 
other black Catholics experience in, in the broader church unless they go to a historical black Catholic church. Um, and so they give a testimony to other black Catholics to let them know, hey, you got somebody here with you. You got, you got a brother with you. And so um, like, again, I'm, I'm here and, and I'm being visible and, I, and I'm, I'm expressing myself and I'm proud to be a Catholic and I'm black. And so you can be a proud black Catholic too and so on. And so there's reason to be a black Catholic. And then second, to other black people outside the church to hopefully pull them into the church to help make them and hopefully to influence them to become Catholic. I believe the Catholic church is the one true church. Um, and so like uh, it's imperative, it's imperative for, for people to be united to the Catholic church for the sake of their salvation. I believe the Catholic Church, like the like uh, teaching, is no, no no salvation outside the church. Again, there's like, there's a nuance of understanding that, but but again, but ultimately, since the like the, the 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 Jesus established the Catholic Church, Jesus wants everybody to be in the Catholic Church, and so I want everybody to be in the Catholic Church and stuff. But and and I know that like a lot of African Americans are not a part of the Catholic Church. I want I want everybody especially black people to come into the Catholic church and receive the grace of the sacraments and, and to, and to deepen their relationship with Jesus through his bride, the church, um, and, and come to the, and come to salvation and the beatific vision and all that good stuff. And so, uh, so hopefully through my testimony as a black Catholic being visible and, and even a tagline, Black Catholic, you got people that might look as, oh, Black Catholic, I've never seen one of those before. And I'm like, oh, let me check this out. And they go in and they, and they check it out and, some, and, and they see something they like and it, and it, caught, and it inspires them to go deep and everything. And so it's all, so, and, and then of course, there's always the broader outreach to all Catholics and, 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 and all people generally to help, to help um, inspire people to go deeper into their Catholic faith and inspire others to have a Catholic faith and to develop a Catholic faith of their own. And so again, that, and so that's what I do through my apostolate that I, that I have currently on Facebook and Twitter and my website at theblackcatholic.com. Yeah, thank you for sharing that information though. Definitely sounds like a powerful website where you are a strong voice for black Catholics in America. Um, so let's go to this last little fun question. Um, who is a saint that you like and what's some information that you uh, find influential about their lives? Like, uh, the saint that I like, like that immediately comes to mind that I do want to continue to kind of mold myself after it kind of, and, and, and especially influence me to like continue to do the work I'm doing at, at, at my apostolate is, is a venerable father Augustus Tolton. And, and his information is that he's the first recognized African-American priest in American history. And again, his story is one of, he was born in slavery, his family escaped from slavery. Uh, he was raised Catholic, but, uh, and so he eventually wanted to become a priest, but no seminary here would take him, would train any black man for the priesthood. This was the 1800s, uh, the, like uh, the middle of the 1800s. Um, and so he had to eventually go to Rome to be trained. Um, and, and he thought he was going to be sent to Africa to be a missionary, but no, he was sent back to America because of like the, the cardinal, like the, the, the person that was in charge of where he was going to be sent 
said in his words, America needs to see a black priest. And so he sent, Augustus told him back to America where he served in, uh, um, uh, like, uh, like he was born in Missouri. He escaped to Illinois. Um, and so he served in Illinois, uh, like, uh, uh, in Quincy, Illinois, was now known as Quincy, Illinois. And then he, and then the Archbishop of Chicago asked if he could come to Chicago to serve the black Catholic uh, community there. And so eventually he went there. He first served in this, this basement of a church that was, and, and black Catholics were allowed to meet in the basement of the church. But eventually he developed the black Catholic community there. Um, and eventually was able to move out of the basement of the church and establish their own which, church called St. Monica's. Um, and, and, um, and, and that church lasts to today. In term, like the, the original church, I think, was torn down, but it, but it lasts through another church today, like the same kind of black Catholic community. But again, he, uh, he was ordained in, um, 18, in the 1880s, and again, he served. So eventually he made it to Chicago, served, served the black Catholic community there. He became like a little bit of a minor, minor kind of Catholic celebrity because he was an anomaly of a, like, again, a black priest and stuff. Like, and so it was a bit of an anomaly. And so he was in newspapers a couple of times and, and some people wanted him to give talks and speeches and for him to go on the speaking circuit. But 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 this shows you how good he was and that he said, no, I don't want to do that stuff. I just want to serve the people of God in like in Chicago. I just want to serve the people of God here. So um, so he denied like the like request, the request to go out and do and do a whole bunch of speaking things, that, which could have been lucrative, lucrative for him. But but again, he, he didn't want to do that. He, he just wanted to serve. So but again, like and, so, and that's how he lived this life up into. Like he died in 1897 when he came back uh, from a retreat. Like, and he came back in a very hot Chicago summer, and in July, and he like got off the train and he passed out and eventually died. And so, um, like, and so that like that was the extent of his life there. But again, he's the first African first recognized African American uh, Catholic priest in American history, and uh, he's on a road to sainthood. He, he was declared venerable by Pope Francis, uh, like 2019. And so again, his cause is ongoing. And so he could be um, like uh, declared blessed and then a saint in the future. And so, and so we got, we got, a, we got our first African-American Cardinal um, last year. And so it'll be, and so it'll be cool if we can get our first African-American saint in the future. So that's my guy. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think um, you know Cardinal uh, Wilton Gregory gonna spearhead that um, that canonization process since he's up there in Rome now. So definitely hope to see uh, Venerable Tolton uh, become a saint within the yeah. next ten years or so. Yeah. And you shared a lot of powerful information about his you know life, legacy, and ministry um, that just speaks volumes to his character and his. Uh, resilience as a priest. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no uh, overall, um, you shared a lot of great information ranging from you know, like your faith journey, this the total discernment process that you did for uh, becoming a priest and the inspiration and what drives you for 
uh, black Catholic apostolate. Um, you know, a lot of moving things. You have a lot of, you know, great things going on for you. And I know that you are a seminarian for the Diocese of Nashville. And uh, soon enough, you're going to be a deacon and going on to be a priest. And we definitely pray, keep you in prayers that your ministry uh, as a black Catholic and, you know, uh, preaching the word to other black Catholics as a visible um, symbol of Christ as a priest uh, will continue to uh, grow and be abundant. So uh, definitely have my prayers in that. Thank you for your prayers. Very much appreciate it. Well, that's going to conclude this episode of Saintly Witnesses, and you guys can tune in for the next episode, and be sure to keep uh, Justin in your prayers and keep him uplifted um, as a seminarian. (laughs) 